This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, God is so good. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. And we are building strong families in Exceed Life Church. You believe that today? And really strong singles. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We don't want to leave out the singles in this relationship series that we that we've been um, in for the past. uh, What we're going into the uh, fourth installment of the message. And um, I'm telling you, have we been learning anything out here? Glory to God. Amen. Well, God is so good. Well, you know, at the very beginning of the uh, series, I talked about is great relationships possible. And um, if you're going to do it the world's way, probably not. But if you do it God's way, you can have an ex- excellent relationship. I believe you can have relationships if you're married, um, a, a relationship in heaven. Amen. And God wants us having great relationships. You believe that? Oh, well, we got four of you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, praise God. So listen, God, God is so good. He wants us having great relationships. And we've been talking about, you know, five key principles that um, that if you apply these principles, I believe it will enhance your relationships and make them a lot better and can even divorce proof your marriage. Because we found out in the very beginning of the series is that 50 percent of marriages end up in divorce. It's quiet in here. And so we, we want to beat the odds. Look at your spouse and say, we're going to beat the odds. Okay, thank you. That's your five. The rest of you are not even talking to each other. <laughs> you had a fight this morning, right? And so anyway, uh, we, we are talking about relationships, amen? And uh, <laughs> amen. this crowd needs to lighten up a little bit, amen? I mean, since I've been on this relationship series, I've never fought more with my wife the past four weeks. No, I'm kidding. And uh, but anyway, we got these five key principles. Does anybody remember what the first key principle is? Seek God. Somebody say seek God. And uh, especially if it's a tough relationship, if you're in a tough relationship, uh, you need to seek God. Amen. And God is so good. And and we go with the Matthew 633 principle, and that's to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we found out this is that that really your spouse isn't your one. Jesus is your one. Amen. And your spouse is your number two. So so in the process of this um, uh, and singles, you know, you, you're trying to find the one to complete, you No, Jesus completes you. Amen. But that one can add to your to your life. Amen. I'm going to say this to the singles. If you're not happy now, you won't be happy married. All right. If you can't be happy now in your state, you're not going to be happy because, you know, if God can't satisfy you, then nobody can satisfy you. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And you've got to get happy, you know, before if you, a secret to singles, if you get happy, you might get into a relationship. OK, we won't go there. In other words, turn that frown upside down. You don't have a Job ministry. And if you did, you would receive double for your trouble anyway. So get ready for the double. Amen. Amen. So so for the singles, you know, we we seek God in the pursuit 
of, you know, the, the number two in our life. In other words, we put God in, in first place. Amen. And and for this, for the married folks, you know, we seek God uh, with our spouse. And we talked about like in prayer, you want to start praying, you know, pray for your spouse, but also pray with your spouse. And also a couple keys, you know, maybe talk about the word of God, which is a great time to do that. After after church, you know, discuss, you know, the, the word of God. And number three, um, you know, come to church together and sit together in church. OK, amen. That's enough there. <laughs> OK, I'm going to continue on this. Amen. Uh, number two, we talked about that. Uh, another key commitment that we want. We want to fight fair. Look at your neighbor and say fight fair. Amen. And so, uh, you know, this is a key. We don't want to be belittling to our uh, spouse. You know, we want, we don't want to talk about how dumb they are because they married you. Amen. So, you know, if they're dumb, then OK, we won't go there. But you know what I'm talking about. And in, in Ephesians, it talks about be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. This is Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. In other words, don't don't stay mad. You know, you know, fight. Don't fight to win. Fight to resolve the conflict. Amen. Fight for resolution and not restitution. And so, you know, fight for that. But don't you know, you can win the battle and you can lose the war. And uh, so we want to fight for unity. Amen. And the enemy knows that if we're disunified, there's no power in our relationship. And when we are unified and we're standing together, that's why a church has to be unified together. That's where you're going to see the power and the blessings and the grace of God. And when you're unified in a relationship, you're going to see the power of God. You know, the Bible says one can cast out a thousand, but two can cast out uh, ten thousand. So there's there's power in agreement. There's power in unity. And so the, and so the enemy knows that. And it, and I'm going to say this. The devils are in unity to destroy us. But, you know, the church is a lot of times out of unity. And we need look at your neighbor again and say, get in unity. Amen. See, I'm going to have you guys preaching this message. Amen. What's the third key that we talked about? It was last week. What did we talk about last week? What's the third key? Stay pure. Stay pure. Amen. I can tell that made an impact on some of you guys. Stay pure. Amen. And so uh, Hebrews 13 talks about the marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. In other words, uh, it's, uh, the, uh, the bed is undefiled. That means it's if you're married, that means you're legal under God's eyes to have sexual relations with each other. Amen. And that's legal. That's a good thing. And you should be doing that. Amen. Because we're going to be talking about this installment, which is have fun. And uh, so praise the Lord. So this is not for, you know, the young kids. Amen. Hopefully everybody's in children's church. And but this but we need to have fun in our relationship. And the and the fifth uh, key, does anybody remember the fifth key? Never give up. Never give up. We don't quit. We don't throw in the towel. Amen. We don't give up. We we keep pressing in. Amen. Until we see the, the best. Like what Paul said, he hadn't arrived yet, but he doesn't look, you know, he doesn't, you know, focus on the past, but he keeps focus, you know, on God and the future. And that's what we need to do as married people. In other words, we need to focus on uh, on the greatness uh, of the how the relationship can be with God in it. Amen. And so, you know, and, and get a vision for your marriage. Uh, I remember uh, I'm going to I remember my 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 parents, you know, and they've been married. I don't know, over, over 50 years, right? 50 years, over 50 years. Mom and dad. In the, 
53 years. Thank you. And they've been married for 53 years. And, you know, they have, you know, probably one of the closest relationships I've ever, you know, seen in a married, uh, for a married couple. My, my, my dad is just, you know, he's, he walks in love. My mom walks in love and they walk in love towards each other. And, uh, you know, uh, there was at one time that their relationship was, I wouldn't say rocky, but it was a little strained because of, uh, because of situations that was going on um, and um, relatives and things of that nature. Um, but, uh, but my mom had a idea from the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you ideas on how to enhance your marriage. And so my mom had an idea of, you know, asking my dad to draw out, you know, how he saw the relationship, kind of draw it out on a piece of paper. She kind of drew out what she thought, you know, how it was. And then they took the two and um, and then they put, you know, she, how she wanted the relationship to be. She wanted my dad to be really happy and raising his hands. And at that time, he wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, they were going to church, but he didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, within a year, that picture that my mom wrote, how he, she wanted my dad to be happy and content. Uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, and the relationship uh, took on a deeper and more loving level. Amen? Amen. And so, in other words, what I'm saying to you this morning is that you got to get a vision of uh, that the relationship can get better. I mean, if you keep saying uh, it, nothing's ever changing, it's just going to stay bad. It's just getting from bad to worse. It's going to get bad from worse. If you keep talking about the problem, then then it, the problem's just going to get bigger. But start talking about the promise. Start talking about how good the relationship can be. Amen. In other words, get a vision of a relationship being being much better. Amen. And it can be. Praise God. So we're talking about having fun. And in Ecclesiastes nine verse nine, if you want to turn there. It says here in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 9, this is Solomon that wrote this. Uh, he said, live, this is in the New Living Translation, live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. So this is Solomon, and he was saying that, you know, a lot of days, you know, that we walk, you know, it can seem, you know, you go to work, you get up, go to work, and it can be mundane. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, the relationship can get, like, mundane. But, you know, uh, here Solomon was saying that, you know, your spouse that God has given you should um, enhance the mundane days. Amen. And um, and so I want to just, you know, it's not going to be a long message this morning. Praise God. But I want to talk to you about three keys to help you have fun. Amen. Three keys. And one of the keys is that you need to have a face to face time with your spouse Amen. And um, and so this is a time that you want to spend together romancing one another. Amen. In other words, you you want to keep that love and that fire going in the relationship. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. You know, if you're going to start a fire, anybody ever started a fire in a fire pit or maybe in a uh, in a fireplace? Do you know it takes work to start to get that fire going? You got to. 
get the logs. You got to carry them, put the logs in. Then you got to get the paper and crumple it up. And then you have to get, you know, you got to light it. And then, and then you got to stoke the logs. Well, that's the same thing with our relationship with, you know, as you're in it, it can get mundane. It can get like, um, oh, you again. You know what I'm talking about? And, um, and so we got to, we got to learn. <laughs> And let the single say, Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And so we need to stoke the fire. And we need to keep stoking. Because it takes, it takes effort to keep the fire burning. Amen? Amen. And then here in the Song of Solomon. Now we're going to get a little racy here. You know the Bible can be a little... Um, uh, racy in some areas, amen. And but that's okay. God, in, you know, God invented romance. Amen. I mean, I mean, God is a romantic God. I mean, He sent His Son Jesus, and Jesus, you know, paid this awesome price for us. He went to a cross. Anybody heard about the movie called The Passion? And Jesus is passionate about His bride, amen. and we need to be passionate about our spouse, amen. Oh, that's a, thank you for that. Amen. I'll pay you later for that. And we need to be passionate. Amen. And here in the song of Solomon, uh, Solomon was very and his his girl was very they were uh, his wife was very passionate for each other. And here in song of Solomon seven, one through four it says how beautiful, how beautiful are your feet in your sandals. So you're so he's telling her how beautiful her feet are. <laughs> Baby, you need to do something with those feet, you know. <laughs> don't, you know, man, don't give her one of those balls that you put into the sneakers. You know what I'm talking about for her birthday. You know what I'm talking about? It's the sm- balls that make your feet smell better. Okay, we won't go there. But anyway. Some of you guys are getting my humor. Amen. How beautiful are your feet in your sandals, oh, oh, prince's daughter. The curves of your thighs are like jewels. Wow. This guy knows how to talk, doesn't he? The work of the hands are skill, or the work of the hands of a skillful workman. Your navel is rounded goblet. Now be careful today. Don't say that to the ladies. It's, it might take them off. What are you telling me? I'm fat, you know. But no, this ain't. No, you, you're, you don't ever tell your woman that she's fat, F-A-T. You tell her she's fat, P-H-A-T. Pretty hot and tempting. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You let, you let your lady know that she's fat. That's, that's, that's the slang word for P-H-A-T. Pretty hot and tempting. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's continue with this. In my, okay, I won't go there. But anyway, your navel is round like a goblet. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. It lacks no blended beverage. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> if you're going to give a romantic card, I don't know about writing this in it or not. <laughs> Your waist, but it's Bible, baby. Your waist is, 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 is a heap of wheat set about with lilies. You, okay, this is tough here. I, I'm sweating out this one. Uh, is, it out, is it on the thing here? Can you guys read this together? No. Your breasts are like two fawns twin 
of a gazelle. I got through that. Um, in other words, you should always be enraptured with her love. Amen? Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are like pools of Hishbon by the gate of Beth Rabin. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, <laughs> which looks towards Damascus. Praise God. I got through it, Lord. <laughs> So what was what was Solomon saying about that? He was saying, "From head to your face, you're awesome." Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? <laughs> so, so Solomon was talking to his wife, revealing how much he loves every part of her body. Amen. Amen. And so, if your wife says, "How do I look in this dress?" you you just say, "P H A T." Amen. You look pretty hot and tempting. Never go the other way. Amen. Amen. And so it says here that, that uh, Solomon was talking to his wife. So he was talking about how much he loved every part of you. And I'm going to say this. In your relationship, you know, us men, we're like hunters. Amen. And uh, what we do is we like to hunt for the kill. You know, like hunters. Any hunters in here? And we love the hunt. And we love tracking and, and, and tracking the deer and hunting for the deer and then finally bagging the deer and then stuffing the deer. Amen. And, uh, and so men are the most passionate and the most loving when they're dating their would-be wife. Amen. Their spouse. So they're, you know, and then, of course, like I say, they get married and everything changes. Amen. And what happens is that men, you got to keep hunting your spouse. In other words, you got to keep dating your spouse. It's not, oh, we got the paper. We're locked and loaded now. We're locked in. I can, I can, you know, now I can go for the hunt for something else, you know. No, you got to keep dating your spouse. And I want to encourage you, you know, maybe to have a, a date night once a week if you can. I know some of you are married and you have kids and all that. But try to keep it, try to keep that romance, the, you know, the fire stoked by, by, Dating, amen. By by going out and doing something fun, glory to God. And so, and really, the main thing is not just to watch a movie because you don't really talk to each other. You watch the movie. Oh, let's go to a movie. Let's go to that new kill movie that you know, or whatever. But you don't really talk. You need to get some face to face time talking to each other and and you know and ladies love that i'm going to say this the, the number two key is i you know the, the number one key is face-to-face time and that's getting intimate with one another talking to each other and the number two key is what i call is side to side time side to side time and this is doing fun things together and, you know, I'm telling you, you know, men, you need to get into what your ladies like to do. And, you know, um, you know, my, my wife likes to cook. And so she loves watching the cooking channel. So I will suck it up and watch the cooking channel with her. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But I like to cook, too. So, you know, it, it's OK because I really enjoy watching because they make it really entertaining. You ever watch these cooking channels and then you got, you know, cook off with Bobby Flay or something. And, you know, and they're always trying to beat Bobby Flay, the, the big chef, you know, that's on TV. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
And then, you know, and then you get all these ideas and cooking. My, my wife likes to cook. And so I like to try to do things that she likes to do. And, and, and then, and she does things that I like to do. Amen. So, you know, maybe riding bicycles together. Amen. You know, do something together. And men love this kind of stuff. This really, you know, when you do something like a physical activity or even playing board games. Any of you guys play board games in here? Okay, we got three hands. Well, man, you know, maybe you don't like board games. Maybe you, this is the only time I will say, you know, you can play cards, you know. And if you're with your spouse and you're, and you're have a weekend together, play strip poker, okay? Do something fun. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. But that's the only time I will tell you to play poker, Amen. And, and so and so you need to do something to have fun. And that brings in that that best friend relationship. Amen. And you, your spouse needs to be your, not your enemy, but your best friend. You, should, you know, my wife and I, our first date, um, I, I love tennis. What happened there? But I love I love tennis. And uh, our first one of our first dates, I think it was our first date. We played tennis together and she let me win. And she played tennis in high school and she played well. And I just watched a lot of tennis. But actually, I, I did beat her that day. I couldn't let her win. And um, but, you know, we have played since then. And the last time we played, she beat me. And it's been hanging over my head for years. She, she beat me in tennis. It's been hanging over my She said, yeah, but I beat you the last time. It was like maybe four or five years ago that we played. We haven't been out there on the tennis courts because we have kids. Amen. And so, so, you know, as soon as they get like Christine is old enough to be able to chase the ball for us. Amen. But (laughs) what are kids good for? Well, they're good for chasing balls and being the remote control when your remote control is broken. Go change the channel, you know. So, (laughs) amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so the second key is to have side to side. And so this is time that we want to spend together doing things of physical activities. And this is the time where a lot of times us men open up and talk to our spouses. Amen. And ladies, you love for men to get open and honest and, 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 and real with our feelings. Amen. And so in the Song of Solomon, in uh, chapter 7, verse 11, it says, Come, my beloved. Let us go to the field. Let us lodge in the villages. So here, uh, this is just a great time. What what uh, what he was saying was that let's get away from the mundane things of life and do something different. Get out. of. Sometimes you might just need to get out of town. Amen. And if you can, you know, drop the kids off with the babysitter. Amen. Uh, or with the grandparents. If they will let you pay him good money. But anyway, so we, we need to see that. And that's and that's the key is is that we need to sometimes get away. And, you know, a lot of times the ladies are they're cooped up in the house. They're you know, they're stuck with the kids, you know, and they need some fun time. Yeah. Ladies kind of get amen on that. Amen. And sometimes the ladies don't feel like they're having too much fun. Amen. And uh, but anyway. The third key to have uh, is to have some intimate time with each other. This is the third key. We should be, if you're married, you should be having some intimate time. It shouldn't be something like once every six months. You know what I'm talking about? 
Amen. Thank you. I got some ladies even saying amen on that. Praise the Lord. I love ladies. Yeah, way to go. Amen, ladies. So we we need to, you know, have some intimate time. And I'm going to say this, that really normally men are a little bit more normally. I'm not saying in all cases, but men are normally more. um, How do I want to put it? Um, Men normally enjoy uh, love making and they're more into love making than the women at times. Amen. And um, I'm going to say this. Women are like crock pots and and men are like microwaves. Has any any of you ladies ever cooked in here? And so, uh, so with a woman, you know, uh, she's, she needs, you know, it takes time. You got to put all the ingredients in the crock pot. You know, you got to, you know, man, you got to come in with some flowers. You got to tell the lady how good she looks. And then you got to, you got to let her know how great her cooking is. And then you got to let her know how beautiful she looks, even though she may not look that good that day. Amen. And let her know she is every, you know, woo, man, that all the other men are so jealous because you have her. Amen. amen. And so, amen. Amen. <laughs> and so, and so we need to, we, we need, you know, you got to put all the ingredients in the crock pot and it takes a little while for the food to really, you know, you, you can get the heart, you, you can get meat that's really not that good and tender. And you can put it in a crock pot, and after about 45 minutes, it falls off the bone. Now, you know, don't be, don't be reading into this more than what I'm saying, all right? In other words, a woman needs to be softened up a little bit. Isn't that right, ladies? Amen. I mean, men, you know, you, you just think all you got to do is just take it off and come on, baby. I'm here. I'm God's gift to women. And, you know, and it's like, you know, men or women are a little different. Now, with a woman, she could do that. And a man's going to go, ha, 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 But women are like, come on. Romance me a little bit. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You may be God's gift to women, but she's rolling her eyes like, Amen. And, you know, practice a little bit of, you know, kissing and stuff like that. You know, remember, remember you guys used to kiss. Remember Fonzie on Happy Days? Remember Fonzie? Man, he could out kiss. I mean, he'd be kissing the girls all the time. They love that. Ladies love to be kissed. Okay, we'll continue. Amen. Are you here? What I say today? So put the kissing element in your romance. I'm trying to get through this subject. I'm, I'm a little bit more biblical, amen. I'm, I'm treading where angels are afraid to go. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, Song of Solomon, amen. Where were we at? We were at the third key, intimate intimacy, amen. So Song of Solomon seven eleven through twelve. Look at this. It says, "Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field." Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early in the vineyards. Let us see if 
the vine has budded, where the grape blossoms are open, and the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. Now she's saying, listen, if everything's in place, then you're going to have the greatest adventure of your life. You're going to have her. So, so you have to put it all together. And, um, and so we, you know, two keys I'm going to give you that's going to help this in this area of, um, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> uh, men, you need to change your approach. You don't need to keep it the same all the time. Oh, it's quiet in here. Like I was just saying, hey, baby, here I am. You know, that gets old after about 20, 30, 40, 100 times. You know, <laughs> baby, here I am. So you got to change your approach. Come in and change your approach with your woman and be Casanova. Amen. In other words, woo her into the place that you want her to go. Amen. You have to woo, woo your woman. Amen. Is this right? Am I right, ladies, on this? Yes. Men saying this is too much work. <laughs> My God, man. Man, it's gonna, I'm going to be too tired by the time I get to that very act of love. I'm going to be burned out. I'll be sleeping. I won't even be interested after about 20 minutes of that. So anyway, so, so, so I'm going to say this. So, so men, change your perspective. In other words, if you're going to feed pigeons in the park... <laughs> You, you don't want to take two loaves of bread and walk in there. I got it. I got it. I got some bread for you. And you're running into the flock. They're going to just scatter. No, what you want to do is take pieces of bread. You break it off a little bit at a time and you feed the pigeons. And men, you need to do that with your ladies. A little bit, a little bit at a time until, okay, until the, the main event. Amen. Can you say amen? And ladies, I'm going to give you some uh, a suggestion too. It's not for the men, uh, not all for the men. Ladies, you know, you might want to change out that flannel for some silk. <laughs> you know that old bathrobe that you've been wearing for 30 years that has all the cookies and the throw up and the, that the kids have on. It doesn't make it very appealing for us guys. Like, oh baby, you look good in that. <laughs> Do you? you yeah. The, 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 it smells of a, a goat. No, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Ladies, you got to fix it up a little bit. It's okay to wear makeup during, you know, if it's even if you're not going out into the an event like church or out there where people can see you, you know, it's okay to wear makeup when your husband gets home. Okay, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, men are wearing makeup, you know. Like I said, one time I was working out with my workout partner. We were both single. And I know this guy wasn't, you know, you know what I'm talking about. He was, he was a straight guy. But I could have sworn he was wearing some eyeliner that day. But I'm not going there. His eyes were really big and brown. I'm like, are you wearing eyeliner? I didn't say anything because he was bigger than me. He would have hurt me. And, um, and, so, and, so, and so, ladies, you know, you know, exchange your flannel again for silk. In other words, you know, get yourself in a position where... He's going to be more attracted to you. Amen? Is this helping anybody? And men shave. 
It may look cool to the dudes that you got to have three-day beer, but it's like sandpaper on the ladies. You know what I'm talking about? Men, you don't know anything about that because ladies are smooth. Amen? But us men, we need to shave, you know. Now, if you have the beard, okay, you got the manly beard. All right, you're cool. You're, you're, you can get away with not shaving. But other than that, because a beard will grow out and get soft. Is that right, ladies? Men with beards, have men with beards. But that three-day thing, it looks cool, that five o'clock shadow, but it hurts the ladies. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that true? It's like sandpaper, isn't it? I wouldn't know. Okay. <laughs> That's what I've been told, all right? <laughs> amen. And so, amen. So, then let's look at this, because I want to say this, that, that, that the love act in the relationship can be one of the most uh, fulfilling and loving and bonding um, act in the relationship. And that does not need to be neglected. Amen. And so, and, and men have needs and women have needs. And we need to fulfill those needs with each other. And, and, that's, and it's sacred in the marriage bed. Amen? Amen. And God invented that to be good. So uh, here in 1 Corinthians, it says in verse 7, 3 through 5, it says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her. So, you know, men, if you're not really feeling it, but she's, you know, feeling it, then, you know, suck it up. You're a microwave. You're a machine. Are you? Are you hear what I'm saying today? You can make it work. Amen. So, 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 so she's feeling it. You're not. For her sake. Come on. Don't say I'm. Oh no. Don't be. Don't be like. Oh, maybe tomorrow night, baby. No. You, if she's and same thing, men. Or if, if you're feeling it and she's not feeling, it, ladies. Suck it up. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for my help, helper over there. In other words, you know, and but if the guy's just cleaned the kitchen, he just vacuumed the floor, he just did everything to try to make it right because he knows that you like him cleaning the house or whatever, then you should be like, okay, baby, here I am. Not like you forgot the thir- you forgot to clean the closet out. <laughs> and by the way, the grass needs to be cut and edged. Before I'm going to reciprocate any love. You know what I'm saying? You don't withhold sex as a weapon. No, that's very ungodly. Especially, I'm a man. It's ungodly. It's ungodly. I don't know about you. I have attitude. Your man going to have attitude if you're withholding. They're going to be mean. Do you want mean men in your relationship? A mean husband? You don't want a mean husband. Amen? And, you know, amen. My wife knows when I'm grouchy and just acting like a real jerk. She knows. She knows. And the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. So, and likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 
So there is a time that if you want to, you know, spend some time fasting and praying and, and, and but I, I would say don't don't go more than three days. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's me personally. But um, or I'm telling you, both of you guys are going to be suffering. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's let's finish this up because I have to finish this up. It can be heaven on earth. And I'm going to say this. It's the key is that you have to serve one another. And that's the key. If you're trying to outlove each other and trying to serve one another, even in the marriage bedroom, you want to you want to serve your spouse and you and your spouse should want to serve you. In other words, you should want to outgive each other. Amen. 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 If she if you, if he rubs your feet, you should rub his back. Are you hear what I'm saying? Today? Let's out give each other. Amen. And so we should take on the, 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 the heart of a servant in our relationship. And I guarantee you, if we start taking on that heart of a servant and we try to outserve one another in our relationship, it really will become like heaven on earth. Amen. And so here, uh, I'm, I'm closing this out with, with Jesus. And in John 13, 1 through 12, this was about the last time that Jesus was going to give an illustrated uh, sermon to his, to his disciples. And he was up in the upper room, and they were eating their last meal. This was right before Jesus was going to be, uh, you know, uh, turned over to the Jews and to the Romans. And in John 13, it says, this should be done. Uh, in John 13, verses 1 through 12, it says here, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour has come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Think about that. Jesus loved his, his fellow disciples to the end. And at supper being ended, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. And then he came to... uh, And then... So we see this illustration, illustration of the master. You're talking about Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He puts on a servant's towel. He goes around to each one of his disciples and he starts washing their feet. That's the, one of the lowliest jobs you can do. And he does this to his disciples. And, you know, and Peter comes to Peter and Peter said, no, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then that's when Peter said, well, wash my head and my hands, too. And Jesus said, no, 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 you are. And then he talks about there was one person unclean and that was Judas Iscariot. But, you know, Jesus, he demonstrated love by washing the disciples feet right before he went to be crucified and betrayed and left alone by his disciples. And I'm going to say this to you, that we need to, in our relationship with one one another, with our spouse, we need to be washing each other's feet in a, not physically per se, but spiritually. In other words, we need to be covering each other with the love of God. We need to be blessing one another. We need to be speaking well of one another. Can I get an amen somewhere? 
We don't want to be criticizing or, or, or minimizing or talking down about people in the church or, or our spouse. No, we want to be speaking good. And your spouse, the people around you will become what you speak of them. You start telling your spouse, maybe she's not all, or maybe he's not all. But you start saying, oh, you're all, you're that. And you can speak life into a dead situation. You can speak life into your spouse. Maybe they're not, you know, they're not grooming themselves like they need to. But start saying, oh, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous. You start speaking life into that relationship. And I'm telling you, your spouse will rise up to your words or sink down to your words. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And as we speak life into our relationships and we start speaking, I'm telling my wife has gotten better and better looking every year Amen. that I've been with her. Amen. She's more beautiful today than the day that I met her. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing why, why is that? Because she has a good husband. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I, I used to bring her flowers every month on our anniversary in front of everybody when she worked. And I would deliver them myself. Well, those days have gone past, but <laughs> but I still bring her flowers every once in a while. Just do it, men. Just, just don't, you don't have to wait for an occasion to bring flowers, like the birthday or something like that, that you missed. You know, I... No, 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 just just take an occasion. Just just bring her flowers. Just say, I was just thinking about how much I love you. Bring her some red roses. Let her know how much passion you still have for her. Amen. Red means passion. And you start doing little things. Do little things. Just little acts of kindness for your spouse. And watch it. It will be returned in great dividends. Amen. And as we take on a heart of a servant in our relationships, and this is for the singles too, you know, as you start learning, you know, because who are the most selfish people in the world? Single people. Well, that was nobody said amen on that. (laughs) Normally, singles are more selfish than married people. Why? Because married people, you have to give yourself up a lot. You know what I'm saying? You have to work on this relationship that you have. But singles tend to be a little bit more selfish because they don't have anybody to, you know, to, you know, to bow down to. Well, but they don't have, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. So singles can tend to be a little bit more selfish. Singles, you're going to need to learn to be more giving. Oh my gosh, man. I'm, I don't got one amen from a single. Amen. And, and you, you have to practice that. You have to practice being a giver. You have to practice it. And in the process of your pursuit for number two, you need to start loving on God. Singles, just take God on a date. Amen. Go to, go to, uh, to the mountain, you know, Mount Trashmore. Go to the top of the mountain with a Bible and start reading it and, and start worshiping God and thanking Him and praising Him for what He has given you. And thank Him that He's given you life. And thank Him that your name's written in the land's book of life. And talk to God. You might be ending up like Enoch. God may say, i got to have you in heaven. Enoch was the one that was translated in the Old Testament. Anybody heard about Enoch? He walked with God and then he was not because God took him. God said, I got to have them in heaven. Singles. I mean, is God saying that about you or are you disgruntled? 
Or you, do you have a chip on your shoulder because of where you're at? No, you got to get happy with where you're at now. And you start getting happy. You start walking in happiness with the Lord. I, pretty soon, I will be giving the marriage ceremony to you and your spouse. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a book called the, I think it's called The Act of Marriage by Tim LaHaye. And I want to recommend, you know, you get that book. And it actually talks about a lot of mechanics in your relationship and how to really be the Casanova that you need to be men. And I would recommend that you get that book. Amen? Amen. It will help you to understand the woman's anatomy and vice versa. Glory to God. I don't want to go any deeper than that. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man, it's, it's tough in this crowd. Amen. So at this time, we're talking about coming together. And really what it's all about is intimacy in the relationship. And God is all about intimacy and into me. See, so intimacy. And so that's when Jesus was. And we're talking. We're going to be taking communion right now. And did everybody get a communion cup that needed one? No. no? Well, we've got to get you some communion cups. And this is so intimate. I'm going to say this. Communion, um, it was instituted by the Lord. Um, I need one. Uh, by the Lord uh, on the night that he was betrayed. And this was the night after he washed the disciples' feet. Uh, he, you know, he took the cup. And, you know, this is intimacy. Jesus said, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. In other words, he's really talking about, you know, this cup is representing of, of the blood of Jesus. And he's talking about that we need to walk in such an intimate relationship with our God. That we need to be intimate. And we, we're intimate when we take communion because, we're, because it's like God's life coming into our life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's God's life coming into our life. And so Jesus, when he was with his disciples, not only did he demonstrate the last sermon that he demonstrated was being a servant, but then he also instituted what we call is the Lord's Supper. And so the bread represents the body of Jesus. The cup represents the blood. And this is really an intimate act of Jesus coming into our lives. Amen. And so as we partake of this bread and drink of this cup, we, we do this in remembrance of the, the awesome passion sacrifice that Jesus paid for us so that we could have eternal life. When we raise our wafers up in the air, Father, we, we thank you for this bread that represents the, the body of Jesus. Jesus, you lay down your body for us so that our bodies could be made new. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that, that you said healing is the children's bread. As we receive of this wafer that represents your body, we receive healing to our bodies and soundness to our minds, and we take it with thanksgiving. Take and eat. The same night, Lord, you took the cup. This is your blood in the new covenant. We know without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And we thank you that the blood of God speaks in the Holy of Holies, mercy and redemption. And it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Take and drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 